My guest today is Dr. Taylor Bean, and she's going to share with us all the things that we can be doing right now, really simple lifestyle changes that we can be making to help really build our immune systems and keep us healthy during this time. And, you know, for all the entrepreneurs who listen to this show, you know that if you don't have your health, you have nothing in business. So these are tips that you can take forward with you. And since chatting with her, I have already uh, realized I had to make some changes in my own life very quickly. So let me introduce you to Dr. Taylor Bean. She's a licensed naturopathic doctor located in Maple Ridge and Port Coquitlam right here in BC, Canada. She has experience working largely with families, young ones, and mamas-to-be. She brings her wisdom as a mother of two to help women achieve a healthy pregnancy and a smooth labor. She's worked overseas in Singapore for two years, which improved her skills in chronic illness. As she saw various patients in Southeast Asia, India, and Australia who were unable to find the care that they needed. From her experience working overseas to now four years working in Canada, she has been able to blend Eastern and Western approaches from a clinical and cultural perspective. Overall, her passion lies in supporting those with Lyme disease and co-infections, pre- and postnatal care, including labor support, pediatrics, including autism spectrum disorder, ADHD, and SPD, digestive complaints, particularly uh, SIBO and IBS, vaccine optimization, health and administration, genetic report analysis. So I hope you guys are going to learn a lot today. I know I learned a ton from this interview and I'm very excited to share this with you today. Welcome, Dr. Taylor Bean. Thank you so much for joining us today and coming on to share your expertise with us. Why don't we start with, first of all, what is naturopathic medicine? Why would someone go to a naturopathic doctor? Yes. So naturopathic physicians um, here in North America are licensed in most states and um, quite a few provinces. So when you see a naturopathic doctor, you've seen someone that's gone through the training, which is going to be an eight-year program. Um, And the foundation of naturopathic medicine is functional medicine, meaning we look for the root cause of what's causing your ailments or your dis-ease and um, putting all those parts together, create a plan and, and move forward. So if someone has a headache, it's not about using something that will suppress the headache. It's about figuring out, well, why do you have a headache? And typically there's going to be quite a few lifestyle changes that are uh, contributing to that, to dietary changes, maybe some supplements. If you're, I have patients that are like, well, I'm going to eat the way I'm going to eat. I'm not going to change anything. Or I do X, Y, Z, and I'm not going to change it. So then therefore you're deficient in certain things. And therefore we have to supplement with something Um, or you're coming in quite ill and we need to use supplementation to help, um, you know, remove that issue, reduce inflammation, help with healing, um, and so forth. So the biggest part too, with myself is, you know, as NDs, we, when you see a naturopathic doctor, typically your first appointment will be in an hour, which is a long time to go over your past health history, uh, if you're on any medications, what your goals are, uh, create a plan, any labs that need to be done or suggested imaging, and then go from there. Um, so that time piece is really, um, I think, a crucial, critical part about uh, the relationship between myself and a patient. Um, so really can get down to the nitty gritty of what is happening. Uh, because I have patients that come in that just say, you know what, you know, I love my medical doctor, and, but I, they only have 15 minutes from me. Really, it's about seven minutes um, of conversation because they need to finish your chart and, and get you out the door. And that model is really uh, backfiring. And so although it's good for acute things, be it you need antibiotics, long-term support-wise, that you're going to miss a lot of things that which are contributing to your illness. And that's just how the model is made. So the model for as a naturopathic doctor is because we're private care, you know, I could sometimes have an hour and a half consultations um, for more complicated cases. And so, um, and we need that time to really know why we are doing what we're doing and how we're going to get there and how long it's going to take. And um, so that I, is the beauty of this and, and the education part is massive 
Um, I want patients to walk out the door knowing maybe why they got to where they are and then what they have to do in order to get there because disease doesn't happen overnight. It takes months and months and years to create an issue. And it's just simply your body is, is just said, enough, I can't do this anymore. And now I have, I've got a lot of pain. Um, I'm really inflamed. Every single year I get so sick. Um, I don't get it. Or be it, it's your child that I see. I'm just children month after month after month, or it's almost like they're sick more often than they're well. Constant runny nose, it's constant this, constant that. It's like, I'm sick and tired of this. I don't know what to do anymore. They've already been on three rounds of antibiotics. I've done what I feel that I can do. So it's like, okay, back to basics. So um, that in essence is what naturopathic medicine is. And uh, different, you know, NDs will, will do different things more so because different, different extra training after um, going to school. So I did an extra training in IV therapy, um, d- different injection therapies. So neural therapy, neural prolotherapy, some docs do prolotherapy, PRP. Um, so those are extra things. And so, you know, I'm diving into supporting people, um, Lyme disease and co-infections are a bigger part of my practice. Um, supporting, you know, children with behavioral, uh, changes, um, neuroinflammation and, um, doing those things. (laughs) All my children will probably, um, join us by the way. Um, and so, so children, I I adore children. I love children. Um, and it's a big part of my practice is kiddos and, you know, have parents because I supporting children means I'm also supporting the entire family. If your child's not sleeping, you're not sleeping. So if I can help your child, (laughs) I'm helping you. So it's a really, it's great because you yourself may not be sleeping and that's creating a lot of anxiety and it just perpetuates into something. So, um, it's, it's really, you know, beautiful and empowering the fact that, um, having all these things at my fingertips to help people achieve and teaching you of what things you can do within your own household, uh, to achieve that wellness and, um, and then go forth. And so, um, yeah, that's really sort of the deep rooted piece of what naturopathic medicine is. And, um, you know, education is, is, I think is, is what I love the most um, because I love people understanding why they're doing what they're doing. And so then you, you do it rather than like, eh. So what about, so with COVID-19 right now, and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of people who are afraid and we don't know what's going on. And um, you know, there's, there's tons of information out there and some of it is good and some of it's not good information. Yeah. What are some from, from your view as a naturopathic doctor, what, what can we be doing to take care of ourselves? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's such an interesting topic. And, and, and this is the only, the biggest topic right now. Um, here we are in April, 2020. And um, learning about the novelty of this virus, it's its own, has its own key bits to it that uh, scientists have come to understand and then sharing with the world. And so two bits that come out of this um, that I've learned in terms of who's more vulnerable and how it's more virulent, um, how it behaves in the body. And so with COVID-19, COVID, the, the virus itself attaches to a specific receptor called ACE2, and it uses um, spike protein to do that. So it's little arm attaches to the receptor and then it can go into the cell. And so those, so then we look at, well, who is, who has ACE2? Everybody. But so who has more ACE2? Then it becomes the question because those that have more of these receptors allow for more of that virus to get in and do its thing. And the receptor sits on, um, on cells and different tissue types. So from liver, kidneys, lungs, heart, recently adipose tissue, fat tissue, um, and uh, the central nervous system, so CNS. So, you know, new research is coming out um, about all of those areas. Um, and so that makes it quite novel because it's, okay, well, this is what's unique about it. And, and sitting, you know, sitting back, you know, sort of us being within this quarantine 
time allowed for, yes, one, to slow down the progression, but two, for researchers to figure out what are we dealing with. So then perhaps then we know what to do about it or how to support people and so forth. With that, so ACE2, um, those that uh, are on an ACE2 inhibitor or an ACE inhibitor rather, an ACE inhibitor um, actually can increase the uptick of ACE2 production. So then you who's on that medication, this is why you know, cardiologists are talking about potentially switching people off the medication um, so that it doesn't have that effect. And this is what ibuprofen potentially was doing was, was an uptick of ACE2 receptors as well. Therefore, if you have a fever, go to Tylenol, except Tylenol's not really going to help with the headache. And so that can come out of this as well. So then that's sort of the roadblock there. Um, but that ACE2 phenomenon is what's quite interesting. Um, and so, you know, furthering that, there's some talk about vitamin D and um, vitamin A increasing ACE2 as well. But what's interesting about that is it increases the soluble form of the ACE2 receptor. So a free floating of this ACE2 receptor. And when you do that, then COVID would bind to those free floating and not have any effect because it's not on a cell. It's just randomly around. And so that just stops whatever it's doing because it hasn't, can't affect the cell at all. Um, COVID, COVID is a, um, so COVID-19 is the disease, but this, this um, subcategory, this strain is another one of the Cronus, uh, coronavirus family. So we've, Coronavirus is not new. Um, the Coronaviridae family is not new. And so there's many different um, subspecies to this. So it's one of the biggest causes of your common cold. And it's, it's, what's unique is it's an RNA virus. And as an RNA virus um, causing a common cold, we can get reinfected by this every year. And not because it mutates, but because our body doesn't mount uh, a robust antibody uh, response to it. When you get infected with something, um, which is the antigen, your body is to make antibodies to that. So when you see it again in the future, you're primed and ready. Um, that's the mechanism around vaccines. So you get the antigen, you make an antibody. So then when you see it later, you're ready to go. Um, but what's interesting about this coronavirus as an RNA virus is our innate immune system, which is the side of the immune system that responds initially, doesn't respond as well as it should do. And th therefore, um, it's not activating the adaptive side of the immune system, which is where you've got your uh, memory side. And so as a result of that, we don't create a, a robust immune response uh, in terms of making antibodies. So we get to see it again and see it again and see it again. Um, so that's what's interesting about this is, can I be reinfected with it? Can I, uh, mm -hmm. so you could be reinfected due to the fact that it could mutate, has that possibility. And because you might not have made uh, robust antibodies to it. So you could see it again um, because it's almost like you just never saw it the first time. Your body's like, well, this is new. I guess I have to deal with this again. So those, so understanding those points of like, okay, well, it, it likes ACE2. It's an RNA virus, um, potential to mutate, potential to not make very good antibodies to it. If you do, probably only about, you know, maybe a year, maybe two longevity of having immunity to it. Um, and then those antibodies will wane. And then it's basically you're starting at ground zero again. In addition to this is the inflammation that it causes. So they're what's called pro-inflammatory cytokines. Cytokines are how um, immune cells communicate. So one cell will spew off a cytokine, which then activates another immune cell to come over and help in that area. Because cells can't physically talk. So they keep out these, spew out these little messengers. And then, then the whole cascade starts happening. Um, what COVID does is it increases um, three main pro-inflammatory cytokines called AL1, AL6, and tumor necrosis factor alpha. Great. Pro-inflammatory cytokines, fine. We're going to have some other cells come in to help out. Fine. Now, what we want is, is that acute reaction to happen. And then we want our body to be able to mitigate that and come down and be fine. But what's happening is that in populations that have 
um, are already inflamed and have lots of inflammation already, it can be difficult to reduce um, that inflammatory um, response. And so, yes, sweetie. (laughs) This is what happens when you work from home. How can I help you? Can you have another cookie? You can have one more cookie and then go talk to dad. Okay, and close the door, sweetie. (laughs) Feed them cookies, right? Now they're quinoa cookies, by the way. Of course, of course they are. are. Gluten-free. You can have one more, sweetie, okay? Um, So yeah, so inflamed people. Um, So if you are are in in the demographic of someone that has lots of inflammation, um, that would mean someone who diabetes, obesity, um, cardiovascular disease, these are uh, a category of individuals that already are inflamed. Then add this COVID-19, which causes a massive uptick of inflammation. Then you have the sustained amount of inflammation that's really difficult to manage, can be difficult to manage. And so you are then a category of where this then leads to something not good. Um, If you are coming into it that is not an inflamed person, your body will have inflammation, but be able to mitigate that and calm down. So these are, these are the issues per se that are, as we learn, okay, what's novel about it? And those are two main things. As a result of that, knowing, okay, who's susceptible, why they're susceptible, then it's like, this is where we need to pivot and take accountability for our health and start making changes and making changes now and forever because COVID-19 is not going away. It is with us forever. It is, uh, it's novel because it's new. It is now in our environment, similarly to H1N1. I mean, these are our new viruses that come in, be it through animals, jumping animals, and then hitting humans. Um, Cause this one is 99% um, uh, similar to what's found in bats. So yes, it's coming from bats. And so, it, it's it's it, this is here to stay, and I think more so. It's not if if you're get it. It's 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 when you will get it, and so it's gonna you know be we're gonna get back into regular you know daily living of going out and being amongst one another. It's gonna jump. It's gonna pick up again. And what do we do then to either lessen that burden on you? Um, it's not about preventing if you're ever going to get it because you're probably going to get it. Um, it's just a matter of when you get it and how it affects you um, is the biggest uh, piece. So with um, lifestyle changes then is where I want to go next with um, the conversation, because I think a lot of people need to understand what that means and what that looks like. And you know, you're, if you have a naturopathic doctor, you know, you can have a conversation with them right now. Everyone is doing telemedicine and will be for probably a month or so. Um, and ask them, what can I do as a lifestyle change to A, yes, um, support immune system, B, decrease my inflammation, um, because that's important. And C, if you're on an ACE inhibitor, if you should potentially go on a different medication, because there are naturopathic doctors that do prescribe medications. Um, and so in British Columbia, we can, and in different states, they can. So then working with that. Um, so big lifestyle changes, which are easy. Well, they might be a bit difficult in the beginning, um, <laughs> depending where you're at on this <laughs> spectrum, sure. but water is big. And I think a lot of people don't realize that they do not drink enough water. Um, yes. water, the Point of water is certainly for for hydration and cellular function and digestive health, but water helps to keep mucous membranes supple. When you breathe bacteria and viruses in, they're hitting your mucous membranes. And so you want them to be healthy, to be able to deal with that impact. We're breathing stuff in all day long. And you've got an immune system of your gut, the, the galt, malt, payers, patches, these are dealing with infections. Your secretory IgA of your, of your GI tract is to bind and neutralize that antigen and pull it out and get rid of it. When those infections have the ability to breach the GI tract and get in systemically, then you're turning on and kicking gears for the rest of your immune system to now deal with that. And the cascade of making an antibody begins. So water, um, 
I recommend to my patients half their body weight in ounces. So um, typically, you know, if you're a hundred pound person, 50 ounces. Um, so that's about a liter and a half for that person. And that's just baseline. So you drink coffee, you work out, you drink alcohol, anything dehydrating, you have to drink more. And right. so I think people don't realize like, that's actually, depending on your weight, might be three liters. Totally. As you're talking about that, I'm like, I need to drink some water drink right more now. Water. Exactly. You know, and so to get there is when you wake up in the morning is you have a glass of water. I mean, that's one of the first things you can do in the morning. Some people put lemon in it, but to have a glass of water and make that a lifestyle change up for you and then have your coffee. So you're hydrating before you're dehydrating yourself and then keep drinking water throughout the day. You should never feel thirsty. If you ever feel like I feel dehydrated, you're way past your mark. You're, you you should never feel thirsty. You're just constantly staying hydrated. Um, of course for people with even children, constipation, I mean, we have to think about how much water are you drinking? So, um, that's a big one. And if you have diarrhea, you should really be upping your water intake because now you're losing a lot of fluids. So both, both, um, spectrums, you need to drink lots of water. So water sleep is number two. I think a lot of people right now, either sleep is going to be more compromised due to, um, you know, anxiety and, and, um, you know, we're thinking about money. We're thinking about, um, our businesses. Absolutely. Um, I, I understand that, um, sleep plays a big role in that immunological process as well. Things happen at night, but don't happen during the day and you have, and it happen when you're horizontal, not when you're vertical. So you've got to be laying down for them to happen, um, and for patients of mine, they might come in with an issue. I discover that sleep is a problem and that's where we start. Cause I said, you know what, if we oh, can wow. fix your sleep, I bet all of these other things are going to go away. Oh, sure. I mean, fatigue being one of them, you know, people are like, Oh, I'm so fatigued. It's my thyroid or, you know, it's like, well, you're not sleeping. You're waking at two in the morning. You're up till yeah. four, maybe go back to sleep. And then you're up for six. I mean, how is that? good, you know, and you're going to bed at 11 o'clock at night. So for you, then we've got to figure out the cause. I mean, are you on your tablet or phone, which affect um, the production of melatonin? You have have a cortisol surge at nighttime. Are you eating late at night? Um, Because food will affect sleep quality. So, you know, we're looking at those things and cortisol is high, then we need to look at, well, maybe adaptogens need to be part of your regime, which are going to help lower that cortisol level. Maybe it's neurotransmitters, um, which can be really stimulatory as well. So looking at what's up with you, your symptoms, be it we do testing to figure out what it is um, and then move forward. So there are windows people have, and I think they, they miss them a lot of the times in terms of when their body is actually wanting to fall asleep, but you're usually on, a, on the TV or on your phone and you miss the window because you're powering through it. And then you're, you're still stimulating yourself and then you stay awake. So for a lot of people, it would be around 9, 30, 10 is the window. If you had stopped doing what you're doing at nine, let's say you know, then you do something that's not as stimulating, such as reading a book or whatnot, or playing cards or something, you might feel that wave of tiredness coming on. The melatonin is being released. Melatonin makes you feel sleepy. So you go to sleep. So that's the purpose is just for that sleepiness uh, factor. And so people who take melatonin, um, even timing when people take melatonin can sometimes be wrong. They will take it you know, two hours before bed or an hour before bed, you've only got about a 30 minute window of it working for, for feeling like tired. So you need to take it, you know, you brush your teeth and then you take it and then you're going to bed if you're a person that takes melatonin. So um, one tidbit about melatonin correlation, there isn't, there isn't good evidence that come up. There's correlation between um, high amounts of melatonin and people who are not being or seem to not be affected by COVID people that um, are asymptomatic and children are one of them. They have a high amount surge of melatonin compared to adults. And that's one correlation that's being suggested around melatonin. Um, Does it have antiviral 
not sure, but just looking at the demographics as well, who have um, a real uh, lower amount of melatonin. So some docs are suggesting around melatonin right now. That's something you need to talk to your uh, physician about. Um, but that was an interesting correlation that's being made. Um, yeah, and, and it, be it is, be it's not, why are children not affected? Um, you know, young children. So that could be one thing. And so they are touted as vectors big time. This is why people are wanting children to stay home. It's because they are asymptomatic and they're really good at spreading it. So it's not that your child is vulnerable from it, it's they're a good one at spreading it. And um, so we're keeping them home and then the rest of us are, are going out. Um, so anyway, so water, sleep, um, digestive health is going to be a big one because of the immune system of the gut. And so people who have IBS, which could actually be SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. A lot of people show up at my door, um, they're IBS, constipation, IBS, diarrhea. Yes, fluctuate from both, but never been tested for SIBO or treated for it. Treat them and their issues go away. Um, And so either do a comprehensive stool analysis, you can see what else is going on. So one's upper GI, one's lower GI. So finding what's, what's, what's going on with you. It could be even just digesting is a problem for you and foods. And you're like, ah, I react to everything I eat. You've high histamine. You have probably dysbiosis in the gut that needs to be addressed so that you can eat these things. So gut is a big, a big epicenter um, that needs to be addressed. Um, And then diet itself. So diet, um, you know, there's a lot of posts, shall we say, of nutrition plays no role in immune system. I'm not sure where that comes from and why that is. Perhaps it's more of what you eat won't prevent COVID. Yes. There's nothing that you can do to prevent getting COVID except not being around someone who doesn't have COVID. That's the only way you're going to prevent not getting it. (laughs) Yeah. So, or you touch something then in your mouth and that's how you get it. So it, that's the only way you'll get it. Um, so there's no prevention of ever getting it. Um, it's just not touching things and breathing it in. So food though, and nutrients per se have, um, an incredible profound effect on immune system in support. Um, not shall we say boost, enhance, but supporting the function of the immune system. So there's things that we do that can affect and suppress the uh, function of the immune system. Mm-hmm. You can you drugs will do that. Drugs, so immunosuppressants, people will be on to sugar plays a big role in suppressing um, certain um, immune cells. So natural killer cells being one, they will suppress the function. So, and and only takes about a teaspoon of refined sugar to do that. So if you keep, and and for about four hours, so it's it's a a temporary effect, but if you keep eating all day long, in your coffee and then you have a mid-morning muffin or a donut and then you're having you just keep and then you have a pop and then you have all these things throughout the day you think are little but they have a they can have a profound effect on you and if you're already um your immune system already isn't as robust as it could be and you keep suppressing it you are going to be within that you know category of people that this could potentially be a problem for so you need if you didn't have an immune system you wouldn't be alive you need an immune system and uh, we need to take care of it. And there's things we can do to support it and the things we can do to downregulate and suppress it. And, you know, there's millions of studies on um, of certain nutrients and the roles they play in the body from zinc um, affecting production of thymulin, which comes from the thymus gland, um, vitamin D, vitamin C, vitamin A, vitamin A is really good for mucous membrane integrity. So, probiotics are going to help with gut microbiome. Um, People think, well, I don't need to take probiotics because I eat well. Well, what's interesting is that looking at even from 1970s 
or you don't eat a lot. 1970s to now, our microbiome is completely different. And you could be eating the same amount of food as from the 70s to today. And today, people are more overweight and simply because of the microbiome. Right. So bifidobacteria is something that is correlated with that and which is down in the lower GI. Um, and yes, kefir, kombucha, are fermented foods are good, but they only contain lactobacillus, which is something that's good for GI. They don't have the bifidobacteria. So the food amount, but the quality of the food as well. So people probably heard the word Roundup, um, glyphosate, so herbicides, pesticides on food. Well, those are to kill um, insects and it will have profound effect on your microbiome. It will right. kill good bacteria as well. So unless you're growing your own food with really high dense mineral rich soil, not using Roundup, um, then your food will be you know, great for you. You don't potentially need to be on probiotics at all um, because of what you're doing. But for the majority of everybody, yeah. everything we put in our body, you don't know the concentration of glyphosate within that product. Um, you, don't, you don't know. And so people might, might know the name uh, Dr. Uh, Stephanie Seneff. She's a huge re researcher around glyphosate. And she at a conference had said, I won't even buy um, organic food that comes out of California um, because comparing that to even European food, European food that wasn't classified as organic was um, less amount, if zero, glyphosate on their products. So they don't use Roundup. So I'm cognizant of you know the berries that I buy, which you know a lot of organic stuff comes out of California. But you can have an organic farm sitting beside a non-organic farm. Right. You can't you know, stop that spread. And so, um, so it's very, you know, this is just always taking it to one step. First, I want people to just do some basics and just start eating whole foods, period. We've, yeah. we've gone there and then we can elevate that to, okay, I want you to make sure you look at the dirty dozen on the environmental working group and eat those ones as organic, um, as you can, because organic food is yes, expensive. I realize that. Um, and, and that's one of my biggest bills absolutely in this household is going to be food because I buy as much organic as possible, um, from everything that I buy. And, um, but I know that, you know, I'm protecting my kids microbiome that way because the microbiome has so much research around mood, energy, yeah. <laughs> immunity. I mean, it is, it is the second brain that we've got to protect. And so what you put in can really affect it. And so, um, you want to protect it and for, for long-term and be it, you change your food, but doing a probiotic in itself can, you know, help you a, a human strain probiotic is what you're looking for. There are bovine, there are plant-based, but you want human strain for the obvious reasons of the strains that are coming, have come from human, um, Fecal matter is where they've come from. Right. And then they've recultured those strains, not needing fecal matter anymore, but reculturing them on a medium and then creating a probiotic out of that. And so that's what you want. Uh, or spore-based probiotics are fascinating as well. Um, Megaspore is a company that sells an incredible spore-based probiotic where the spore acts as an antibiotic, but ants as a, acts as a prebiotic as well. So it has oh, both wow. mechanisms, which is really neat. Yeah. So um, prebiotics as well are really important. I think a lot of us, you know, you'll do probiotics, but you're not taking prebiotics, which are the food for those probiotics as well. So fibrous foods is what's how you're going to do that is big time. Or you can take a prebiotic or it's within your probiotic. Um, but fibrous foods, I mean, veg, vegetables, 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 <laughs> vegetables, always, you know, color, color, color is a big thing that I talk about because color in food indicates polyphenols, flavonoids, antioxidants, they have an effect on the immune system on a good way. So we, we want color, color of the rainbow. So yes, your cabbage to your tomato, to your cucumber, to your carrots, beets, all these things that you're taking a variety of, um, and be it you have a hard time, you know, your taste. And I mean, there's lots of great cookbooks out there that, you know, they, they make, you know, just buy a vegan um, cookbook for the vegetable recipes so that you just get the vegetable 
in you in more of a, a tasteful way because you're like, I just don't know what to do with these veggies. Um, so you can be a little more creative that way. So the diet, the color is a big one. Um, and those specific nutrients. And then beyond that is going to be exercise as well. Movement. We've got to move. And so, you know, sitting all day, I think people may be sitting more, um, because you have to work from home now. So we've got to get up and move stretching. Um, I sent out an email to my community about, um, free exercise apps and, and, and who, which is great. I mean, there, there's so much there. I didn't even realize there was so much there already. And a lot of people are putting things on for free because of right now. So yeah, some are 30 days, some of their uh, six weeks. Uh, Chris Hemsworth has one that looks amazing, which I haven't started yet, but he, he's allowing for also the meditation that is in there. Um, his uh, chefs are on there apparently. So you can learn about the food that he's eating, the meditation, the yoga to the exercise. And it's a six week program that he gave up for free. So wow. um, something that I definitely am going to definitely just for that whole encompassing um, piece. And so, yeah, these are, you know, and then the mindset is going to be the next part, which, you know, speaking to someone, um, you know, making sure you're speaking to someone, I'm sure, um, there's people you can still contact and talk to on the phone and whatnot, um, you know, counselor, psychologist, and just making sure that mental health component, because what's interesting is that stress and anxiety can increase IL-6, a pro-inflammatory cytokine. So that can even affect, be even more effective on you um, because it's that inflammation that we've got to make sure that you go into this um, it, not in a, in an inflamed state. And so, uh, you know, supplements will come on, you know, of course people talk about curcumin, fish oils, these things can really help, um, dampen that, uh, that, uh, inflammation, but simply the water, the sleep, um, coloring your diet and movement will do that as well. Um, and, and on a daily, um, on, you you have to be consistent with it. And so that can make really some profound changes. Um, so yeah, that's sort of in a, in a nutshell of, you know, in terms of the COVID piece. And I think that's, I find fascinating, um, you know, for people to know and to be aware of, you know, because this is where we can be, um, more, it gets, you know, knowledge is empowering, obviously, of course. Yeah. 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 You know, what I love about everything that you're saying is that it's so empowering because right now at a a time where people might feel like they don't have any control or power in their lives and they don't know what's happening next is these are all things that we can take responsibility for and we can do ourselves. You know, it's putting the power back on us that we can do things to protect ourselves. You know, and it's like you said, it's, you know, it's not going to prevent you necessarily from getting it, but it's going to prepare your body to handle mm-hmm. it in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. And that, mm-hmm. uh, that I think is huge for people and mm-hmm. to realize that we yeah. do have that, that piece of control of how we treat our bodies, sleep, water, the exercise, all of those components, we can control that. You know, and, and again, I mean, this is, this, I think this virus is, is teaching us about lifestyle and mm-hmm. every year you might be getting sick, but perhaps by you changing some things, that changes for you that you might get sick every year, but it doesn't last for two weeks for you anymore. It lasts for maybe three days. And so, yeah, getting sick is going to happen. We all get sick. I get sick. All of us get sick. It is how long it takes us to get over that sickness. Um, and, and knowing what to use when you are sick that can help move through that. There's a lot of good things that help with, if you've got phlegm in your chest, what are you going to use for the phlegm? Or it's a dry cough, what are you going to use? Or maybe you have a fever because even, you know, yes, the suggestion of Tylenol is there um, over ibuprofen, but then we have to understand, well, what are the ramifications of Tylenol on your body? And there's a good portion of the population that has an, that they're, the thing with acetaminophen is it is glutathione dependent to be broken down to eliminate it from the body glutathione our body makes but tylenol will wipe the body of that glutathione glutathione is a very potent antioxidant it is necessary for detoxification in the liver and it's really important for the lungs so when we're we're overusing tylenol i don't have tylenol in the house i just i i have other methods as antipyretics for my children. Um, and if anything, we will use 
Advil, um, but I've used it on my son once, uh, six months ago. And so it's just a little bit to help, but then, uh, you know, I'm using other things as body is moving through that. So you may have it in your cupboard as clutch, you know, you might just in case, but I encourage people to try something before they get to that point. So we use an algorithm in a way with my patients of, okay, if we're at this temperature, this is what you're going to do. But before that, we're doing this, 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 you might not have to get there. But if you do, you only maybe going to need just a fraction of the dose and the frequency as well, because it's the frequency of it that I want to make sure, you know what, you just use one dose. And that was all the body needed because fevers are important. Mm. <laughs> People really, really disregard the importance of a fever. It can be scary, especially in children, depending on the age of the child, um, we don't mess around and, but for, you know, we're hitting one year old and on, but even us as adults, you know, mounting a fever is important to be able to do because that is how your body is trying to kill that infection heat. So infections don't like heat. They, you know, they, they die. So we, we allow for that process because if you're going to suppress that the infection's still there, it's not gone, it's still there. And now it gets to manifest and become even stronger. And it's going to be there for a while. And you're like, well, why do I, why am I like a month out? And I'm still I'm like, well, what did you do in the beginning? Okay. So now it's, we're into a chronic phase rather than an acute phase because it's been so long. And now we have we're a little bit, we got to do more work as a result of where you're at now than had we just done this in the beginning and you would just move through this quickly. Um, so you want a healthy, thriving immune system. Uh, I started what's called a thriving immunity community and I encourage people oh. to, um, add themselves. Yes, it's an email list, but the point of it is for me to send you emails on important things around a thriving immune system. And be it, it's a reminder. You know what, guys, did you, did you drink X amount of water today? Did you, what, what time did you go to bed last night? It's accountability. It's, I want you to learn about why these things are important and, and take you to the next level of like, well, everyone says vitamin C, but why vitamin C? Everyone says zinc, but why zinc? And so well, sure. Well, let's, let, let me tell you, let me, you know, encourage you. It's not about me treating you and dosages. It's just you to take that information to, to understand. Okay. Because knowledge is very empowering. Um, I, I love people understanding why they do things. Um, and so that it's, it's, you shouldn't just be floundering. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I should be doing this. I don't get it. I don't understand. I mean, that, bec- and then there's anxiety for people. Um, because it's like, I think I know, but I don't know I'm at loss. So anyways, it's a community that I'm, that I'm building, um, that it was even before all this COVID stuff. It was just, it was, I love the immune system. Um, I see kids in my office that are sick a lot. Uh, I, you know, I have a lot of conversations around vaccines as a naturopathic doctor that does offer vaccines in my office. So there's a lot of conversations around that. Um, and so I just want to have that fluidity and that a transparency around the immune system. And I think because it's, it's, you know, people will be focused on other things. And although it's one subcategory, um, it can really affect a lot of different things. And so uh, the timing just happened to be perfect um, when I started it (laughs) um, for now. So um, yeah, because, you know, you, the things that you put in your body can, yeah, affect your gut health, but know what else that can affect as well. And when you have a gut, that's not healthy. Maybe your mood is off um, and it can be off because of the things that are created there. So how do people get on your email list? Oh yeah. So my website, uh, www.drtaylorbean.com and you just um, scroll down and it says thriving. It says thriving immunity for kids, but it is for everybody. Uh, I have a special interest um, in children because they're our future and I want that. I want healthy children entering into adulthood because we need healthy adults to take care of us when we're older. So I am f- really focusing on the kids, but it, it's all good for for everybody. Um, but I, I, uh, I really I'm hone on the kiddos. Um, I just I just see a lot of sick kiddos in my office. I really want to help uh, facilitate and manifest a new wave of healthy adults. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I'll post yeah. Um, your link, all of your links, your awesome. social media links and your website as well, all in the show notes. So you guys can access them there. Now, is there anything else that we should be aware of doing? Like, what about things like masks or mm, um, mm. hand sanitizers, like all these things that people 
seem to be right rush out and get like do we of course yeah good question so the how we get COVID uh, particularly is going to be on surfaces you know there's there's there isn't a hard conclusive evidence of um, I had one immunologist that was talking about how long it stays within air before it drops. And so that aerosol activity. And for her, she was saying 30 seconds that it was there and then dropping. Versus on surfaces, it can be 24 hours, if not longer, that it's alive on a surface. So two ways. The biggest way of getting it then is touching a surface and touching your face from your mouth, your nose, your eyes, are ways that it can get into the body. So a mask can do two things. It can prevent you from simply just touching your face um, as a result of that. It, the, unless it's a, um, a medical-grade mask, the holes within the mask are uh, big enough for the virus to go in and out of. However, that being said, it, it could reduce a percentage of how much is coming out of your mouth if you're talking to someone, because when you're talking, those uh, droplets are, um, are going back and forth. And so you could be getting it on the person and be it, it got on their face and then they went like this and then they're touching. So the mask can, who knows really, you know, conclusively how much, but there's going to be a percentage that it's going to help. For, with, for you. So when you're out and about walking by yourself with a mask on, is it helpful? I don't see how helpful it is that way. Um, but if you're going to come all of a sudden be in front of somebody and you're sick and perhaps then that can be uh, a scenario where it's helpful. Okay. So um, there is a level of, of support that it can, it can, can be, and especially, you know, if you're, you are going to be talking to lots of people, you're amongst a lot of people, you know, so that's, you know, the, that's why the, you know, the big plastic frames are up. And when we're going to the grocery store and, and whatnot, because it's that, that so we block that. Um, that's why, you know, so in terms of um, sanitizers and washing and whatnot, what's interesting about COVID is that it's capsule is a lipid, so that lipid then can be busted open simply by soap. Right. So soap, any old soap, any, anything, doesn't matter what soap you use. It's the mechanism of the soap busting open that lipid layer of COVID and then it's demolished that way. So you come home and you wash your hands with soap and water. My kids come in, it's soap and water on their hands. And yes, get every single part of your hands, including your thumb and whatnot. Um, and, um, Versus, you know, the, the Lysol, uh, which has its own, you know, yes, it can 99% antimicrobial, but we know how soap acts. So when I buy my fruits and veggies from the store instantly into the sink and I have a soap and water that cleans them, is it going to get off, you know, the herbicides and pesticides and whatnot? It may not, but the point at that point, of course, is going to be for a different reason. So I use it for that reason. Um, so that, um, the mask, the hand sanitizer, the gloves. Now, the gloves part, of course, I think people need to, I don't know if people think wearing a glove, you're touching everything and constantly touching things with your gloves. Somehow it just, it, you won't get it. Well, the glove, if you touch yourself, obviously, and you're constantly touching things and you're, I feel like people touch more because they have gloves on. Um, yeah, a sense of security somehow. And you, you go into your car now with the gloves on. I see that. Mm -hmm. And you need to take your gloves off before you go into the car. You may actually need to take your gloves off before you go into the grocery store because wherever you were, whatever you were touching and whatnot, you, you were touching so much. And now you come in, you should take them off. Then do your thing, you know, um, you know, wash your hands and washing your hands is one of the best things uh, because of what soap does. So I, I think what the concern there is the false of, of security in terms of the gloves and the mask, because even people wearing masks don't take it off right. They're, they're touching the mask and then they're touching their face as they take it off. And right. so whatever was on that mask now gets to be all on your skin and you're, you don't even realize. Um, so there's, there, there's that piece. If you're going to use those things and then know how to use them appropriately and be mindful about that. Um, heck, you could you could wash your hands with the 
gloves on too. So your hands will get so dry. Um, but then you have to be, you know, so you're doing that. You, you pretend the glove is just another layer of skin. That's all it is that right. a, skin, a skin layer you get to take off. So, um, that part just to be more mindful of. So yeah, the, the, yeah, the action in terms of getting it, um, may not be in the air as prevalent as we think it is, but that's a, that is a question mark, um, because people have suggested, oh, you can't go outside. It's not, you can't compare it to measles and people might be comparing it to measles, which will stay in the air for two to three hours after someone had just been in that room. So it is incredibly contagious, measles. Um, but COVID-19 potentially isn't that um, excessive in terms of you know, staying within the air for that long. Okay. Certainly survival on surfaces, absolutely. And so even um, in, one immunologist, Dr. Heather Zwicky, is suggesting putting soap and water into a bottle and that is your surface cleaner. And even if you get, you know, a box delivered, you know, you get food delivered, you can give it a good spray down and then, you know, open it up or you've opened it, you've washed your hands and so forth. So that would be a good way to uh, penetrate and kill the virus that way or, or open its capsule that way. So it can't do what it needs to do. It can't get in because um, it's essentially denatured at that point. Um, so yeah, um, if you think that, you know, if you are a more vulnerable person, then wearing a mask, it's not going to hurt you. Absolutely not. And it may provide a little bit of protection, but, um, I think it's a great idea with the handmade ones. I don't know, um, how well the virus is capable of moving through, you know, other, um, you know, chat around, it can be a breeding ground as well, your mask. So a reusable one, you're definitely washing them um, every day uh, to, if you're using um, disposable ones, one, and you're going to have to get another one. They only have so much, they only have uh, so much life to them. Perhaps you are spraying them as well with maybe soap and water after each night. You're diligent with that. So that's going to help kill as well. Um, so yeah, so just up it a little bit and understanding how you, what this virus is made of. And so then you know what to do as a result. Um, there is, you know, the toilet paper crave. Um, there is some GI distress with, uh, with COVID. And I think there was a number that I, there's a number that I saw it was 50% of cases do have diarrhea. Oh. So um, I think there it was great to see on the news last night actually is that, you know, Kruger is a company at a newest minister that makes toilet paper here for us in British Columbia. And they announced, you know, we are, we are making 24 hours a day toilet paper. We are not going to run out. So I don't know where the crave comes from the dire need. He's like, I know people are sitting on tons and tons of rolls of toilet paper, so we're not going to run out. Um, it's okay. And, you know, that's, has always been my thought process as well is, if you have diarrhea, it's going to be self-limiting anyways. Um, right. And we're not going to run out of it. We got, we've got the resources, which is brilliant. So we, you know, every time I can't seem to get, I need paper towel. I just can't. And I can't look at the story. There's no paper towel. I mean, kids drop something. I want to use toilet, you know, paper towel to clean it up. I don't, you know, anyways. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a strange thing that people went through the toilet paper and it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it becomes again, a, you know, a security thing of, they mm -hmm. want a sense of control and something. And yeah. when they think about being, you know, locked down for any extended period of time, their mind goes to mm -hmm. what it, like, what are the necessities I need? And then they want yeah. to, yeah. right? Yeah, they absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So when you, and when you go to the store, do not stock up and pop and do not stock up in chips right. and chocolate bars. Cause when I go to the store, these are the things that are, I can see are less than, you know, other areas. So I, you know, I, you know, I, I preach this, you know, I mean, nutrition, you guys is really important. Yeah. And, um, you know, to, this is the time start trying new recipes, start mm -hmm. trying to eat new things and see, and your palate will change. You will crave healthy food and it yeah. will be, it's healthy on so many different levels from gut health to inflammation, 
um, you know, brain health. I mean, there's all these biochemical pathways and people don't realize, you know, all of these nutrients act as coenzymes for enzymes. We need these coenzymes, which are B vitamins and minerals. So, you know, even for nutrients for, for, you know, our B vitamins to work well, we need minerals. And so this is where some people need to be on a, a supplement that's just mineral based because our soil just isn't the way it was. Right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you can, you know, your food will certainly go a long way. Um, you just got to be more yeah. mindful of and that. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people are challenged right now, especially because we're at home and people mm-hmm. want comfort. And so they're going mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. even more towards the junk food and the sugary yeah. things than they would even yeah. before yeah. because they're, that's true. they're bored, they're at home, they're stressed, they're scared. Yeah. And so yeah. there's no, absolutely. Of, that emotional component, but really, yeah. this is really important for people to listen to and understand that yeah. Um, yeah. the most important thing you can do really is change your diet. Absolutely. And even on the diet part, you know, there's, there's talk around intermittent fasting. And I do see that as another component, it's free. Um, That would be helpful in the immune support, but more so decreasing the inflammation and helping with sleep. So four hour window, when you, when you finish dinner, you finish eating is when you go to bed. I mean, so then you're finished at seven o'clock, you know, and you're, 10 30 11 you're going to bed or it's six and ten um that can go a long way giving that so you're eating less as well um saving some money you're not snacking and then you're not feeding into literally that inflammation piece too so i try to get people to start trying it like give it maybe three days a week you're trying um doing a 12-hour window is the minimum in order for intermittent fasting to be effective or you're in that fasting piece. Um, some people really try to go for the 14 or the 16. So, um, something you can talk to your doctor about, your natural doctor, your functional medical practitioner around each of these components, um, where you should start, what's the next, you know, where you're going next and where you're going next after that. And what are your goals and what do you want to achieve? And so what are your roadblocks as well? Um, you know, this isn't going to change overnight, but you're like, okay, well, I'm doing this and this. And I, uh, you know, I'm either, you know, these are the bits that are sabotaging me. And so I'm going to pull a couple of those things out. And then, you know, like, wow, I never have felt this way in years, you know? So, and it can take, you know, even three days, you can notice something after three days. So it doesn't take long. No, I noticed that with, with sugar, when I get Mm. sugar out of my diet, it's within three Mm -hmm. days, I feel a difference and it's a remarkable difference. It's not, it's not subtle. Yeah. yeah. Energy, brain fog, you know, this sort of lifted and you're like, oh man, I can brain works better. This is wild. (laughs) I think we're done, you know? Um, So yeah, that productivity is just, it increases. You're like, right on. I'm not dragging my feet anymore. So, and I know, I know that there is this, this sort of domino or this perpetual cycle that can go for people where you're like, I'm just down in the dumps. And so I just go to the food and then I don't feel really well. And I'm still down in the dumps and I just keep, keep, keep. So that's why you need someone, I think on your team for that accountability to help you, to remind you, and you're not alone. You're absolutely not alone. There's so many people that are, we're in this and the, that uncertainty this weird place right now and we're all in it it's not just you um so yeah i mean reaching out to someone to to connect with i think is really important um yeah yeah definitely and i think you know that productivity piece is really important for all the entrepreneurs that are listening to this and if you Mm -hmm, want to mm -hmm. stay productive during this time then you really do need to be supporting your body and and you know even even if it's just for that reason you'll be more productive if that's what's going to get you motivated to think about it differently so if people wanted to reach out to you, so you are seeing people online, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So naturopathic doctors throughout North America are, were 99.9% telemedicine, um, meaning we'll, initial patients, new patients will be through a video conference and then follow-up patients usually are technically, usually by phone. Um, I say 99.9 because those we are essential service of those that are needing any kind of IV treatments or, or whatnot um, to maintain their health. And then we are doing those, but um, 
most all aren't. Um, some are, depending on the demographics that they see and if IVs are a big proponent, big proponent of their um, health. So yes, you can find me on my website. Um, uh, you can book online as well and or simply email me and then which is you can contact me through my 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 uh website and then um found on on instagram trying to share information there uh some relevant some non-relevant um (laughs) trying to be fun (laughs) with you by the way which is amazing with your the one post that you sent out (laughs) i've shared that a couple times and a lot of people don't know the answer yeah the math riddle the math riddle which is a lot of fun actually What's funny for me is that so many of them were answering on mine who are business owners. And I was like, I hope you all have really good accountants in your box. It's so scary. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Good, good point. Good point. There's so many, and there's so many different answers, but I don't get how people are getting so many different oh, answers. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. How did you get that? But okay. Um, Anyways, so yeah, so that's where pretty much is Facebook and Instagram. Um, I do have a YouTube video, a YouTube channel rather that I'm starting. It's it's in its infancy stages. So I have myself interviews to put up there more so around um, Lyme disease and co-infections, but um, I have other things that I want to put up there. So um, it is there. Uh, There's a couple, couple on there already. So yeah, I'll share yeah. all of those again in the show notes so that you guys can find them all there. Excellent. And thank you so much for coming on today. This mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing and educational. And I think it really helps um, give people some proactive things that they can do right now. Awesome. I hope it does. I hope it does. Okay. So I hope you guys did learn a lot from that. And Remember that there are some resources that Dr. Taylor Bean has put out that you can find in the show notes. If you like this episode, please leave a five-star review. I know this is a little bit different than the stuff we normally talk about, but I think it's relevant and timely and really want to share this information with you and so we focus on the right things, which is building our immune system and keep the focus on what we can control during this time. So thank you again for listening and I hope you're all having a fantastic day and that you're staying safe and healthy.